The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody. Back to Benched with Bubba, episode seven. Uh, be a little different tonight. We're going to talk golf. And uh, if you've been paying attention to the sportsdgens.com, We've had a lot of really good golf content from a guy that uh, jumped on our site probably five, six months ago, maybe middle of the golf season. Uh, it was yeah. great to have him. His work's been amazing. Uh, recently seen some Euro tour stuff. We'll get into that. His PGA has been lights out. We'll get into that also. But the biggest reason we had him on is FedEx cup just ended. Ryder cups coming up. I won't keep talking. The guest tonight is Jesse. You can find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. How are you doing tonight, Jesse? Doing well, Bubba. Appreciate you having me on, man. I just want to say also, too, thanks for uh, the opportunity. I've really enjoyed uh, being able to provide the content, and I'm glad to uh, to be here to chat this up with you tonight as well. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been phenomenal content. Uh, like I tweeted out a couple weeks ago, I know nothing about the Euro Tour, and I just follow your thing, and I, I make money on it. It's been a, <laughs> It's awesome. I appreciate I it, dude. I, the, the Euro Tour is all brand new stuff, but uh, the uh, the other stuff is the PGA is a little bit easier at this point because there's more data out there and stuff like that. But I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm having fun with the Euro Tour too. I think there's a lot of money being made over there as well. Yeah, the, what I was thinking, uh, the Euro Tour reminds me of like PGA like two years ago or so kind of new that it wasn't overflowing exactly. and it's been so easy to cash. And it's gotten exactly. so much. There's so many more whales in it now. It's it's not as easy. But I totally just, agree. That's, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it as well. You know, I'm, I'm trying to hit that right now because eventually it's going to be flooded with all kinds of content and it's going to be overflowing and there's not going to be the edge that there is. Because when I started PGA, you know, you could cash pretty easy in 50-50s or even, you know, GPPs even by missing one or two guys. Now you have to be perfect and almost have the winner in order to, to, to even cash. So it's become a lot sharper in that for sure. Yeah, 50-50s, if you had four of the six, it was almost automatic. Now, I've had so many events this year I've had six guys get through it and not make any money. Right, yeah, it's it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. I mean, obviously, I still play it, but it's not like it used to be, you know, two years ago, like you said. No doubt, no doubt. Well, before we get into the actual golf of the matter, um, for all the non-golf listeners, yesterday was a crazy day. Uh, I woke up to the news of Jose Fernandez passing away. Uh, 23-year-old for the Marlins. Uh, if anybody's been watching the stuff on TV, it's it's crazy. There's guys crying and playing baseball right now. It's uh, it's insane. Uh, I can't imagine going through that. But another crazy thing happened last night. Uh, it was probably late afternoon on the West Coast, maybe a little later. 
Arnold Palmer, at the age of 87, one of the greatest golfers to ever live. Some may say the greatest golfer to ever live. Um, and he's got his own drink named after him, for crying out loud. Um, <laughs> he passed away at the age of 87. And uh, you're, you're the golf guru. What's kind of your takeaway from Arnie and his career? Oh, you know, Arnold Palmer, one of the big four. Um, you know, it's just like one of those kind of things that's an end of an error type of deal when you have somebody as big as Arnold Palmer who passes away. You know, he has his own golf tournament. Like you said, he had his own drink. I was reading something where that drink sold more than Snapple. Um, you know, and, and it's, you know, his popularity was just insane. They had Arnie's Army where he used to have people just follow him around almost Tiger-like today. If you think about Tiger, just mass amounts of people before golf was golf like it is today. You know, um, the popularity of it wasn't as big back then, but people would follow Arnie everywhere he went and, you know, he's just one of those one of those guys who you never heard a bad thing about. And I, everything I've heard all day is nothing but positive stuff. And that's just, you know, any more just rare that somebody hasn't done something along the way. But I've never heard a bad word spoken about Arnie. And it's really sad. I, I tweeted out something yesterday what uh, Jack put on Twitter. And if you haven't read that, you know, I mean, that kind of brought a tear to my eye because, you know, just it's, it's not necessarily sad. He lived a good life, 87 years, but just to, uh, you know, just, just the fact that he's gone. He's no longer going to be around us. He's not going to be there on the 18th green at the Arnold Palmer Invitational to hug whoever wins it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's the sad part about it. Yeah, and uh, I, you, you can probably correct me real quick. I forget which major it was when the big forward always tee. I think it's the Masters where they, yep. tee off, they tee off to start it. And I want to say he didn't do it this last year. I don't think so. I, I can't remember who all it was. I know Jack was there, but I don't think he did. I, I'm pretty sure he was there. He was didn't hit a shot or whatever. It was like the first year. It was like it was to be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, like you said, though, 87, he lived a great life. Uh, right. I would, if you told me right now to go all in for 87, I'd take it in a heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you, especially that quality of life too, playing golf and just having right. a great time. And Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe because he didn't live in the, you know, the social media era that, you know, he had his fun, but I, we're not going to try to <laughs> dig into that. He was, he was a great man. <laughs> And, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure he had some good times, you know, but he's never got out there. But one way or the other, man, just if, if you get a chance, yeah. go. And, and I, I, like I said, that's the last retweet I've got on my Twitter there. It's like like you said earlier, at DFS Golf Gods. And it's just you have to read what, what exactly what Jack said. It's pretty amazing. I'll, I'll find so, it uh, for the write-up for this pod. I'll, I'll attach it to the pod so people can check it out. And uh, def- good. definitely get into that. Um, Let's move on to what just wrapped up yesterday. Um, the FedEx Cup playoffs, the, I guess the 2016 season, the way the goofy schedule is now for the PGA Tour just wrapped up. Rory McIlroy came out of nowhere on a Sunday and gets it done. Um, quite, a, I'm enthralled with golf right now. The last couple of years, all the young guns that are playing and right. almost – almost every weekend it's up for grabs and you know, there were stretches where it was speed and then it was day and then there was DJ, but it's like any given weekend you get the rate, the randoms that come like more comes in. Patty Reed comes in. Like it's awesome golf right now. No, uh, it's, it's so fun to watch for sure. It's just outstanding. Um, what was your takeaway? I guess you could say from the FedEx cup or the season as a whole, um, like kind of some surprises maybe, or something that kind of took you off guard. Uh, you know, for me, it, it was all about, you know, the, the, the young and up and coming guys, like you already said, you know, the, I thought Grillo, obviously he played real well, uh, especially real consistent in the, the year. Smiley played a lot better at the beginning of the year. And so did a, another guy named Pat and Kazire. Um, and then of course you had your other guys sprinkled in there. Who um, and, and I, I just really 
am, am really excited about where golf is going, given the fact that we've got all these young guys in there and that they're going to keep getting better. And, you know, it's the, it's really is the tiger effect officially enforced. You know, these guys were uh, watching tiger in his prime and tiger inspired these guys to be better and play better and yada, yada, yada. And, and so it's, it's a, just really a, a complete product of tiger woods, which of course, again, at the Safeway here next month. So that'll be fun as well. But as far as, man, it was a great golf season. It was it was a lot of fun to watch and guys going back and forth. And really nobody dominated like Spieth did last yeah. year. Um, of course, Day was hurt. But. Yeah. but that's what was amazing about it. It was just week in and week out. And uh, like you said, Tiger's coming back at the Safeway. Uh, I'm going to try to make it. It's about a two-hour drive from me north. I'm going to try to make my way up there and check that out. Yeah, man. Um, I go to Peb, I go to Pebble every year. It's an hour away from me. That's always a good time. But uh, yeah, t- like you said, you said that best. That, the Tiger effect, in a nutshell, because these these were kids literally when Tiger was in his prime. So yep. they, might, they might have been playing, but to the the will to make you know the effort to become this the golfers there now, maybe not. Maybe wouldn't have happened without Tiger. That's a great point. Is, I mean, um, if you, you see that Nike commercial, Nike's got that commercial with uh, with Rory where he's watching Tiger play and swinging as a little kid, you know, all these guys were doing that, you know, and all their dads had them sitting in front of the TV and watching Tiger swing. And it's, it literally is the Tiger effect. You know I mean? Arnold Palmer had a great effect on golf, but I don't think when we look back on it in, you know, 50 years, you know, no doubt in my mind, Tiger Woods will have the greatest effect ever of anybody, even bigger than Jack, because he brought and changed golf into what it is right now and what it will be in the future is 100% the Tiger effect, but no doubt about it. That that last uh, the last you know obviously the FedEx Cup it was a great finish on that as well um, you know came down to I think three or four playoff holes I had to quit watching I was playing a golf tournament myself caught the very end of it and then had to leave and one way or the other you know you got McElroy taking that down and somebody was talking about uh, and they don't even play DFS but they were talking about thirteen million dollar hole and that's what it was for somebody who wasn't in it DJ and then somebody who was which was McElroy you know. You don't get to see that very often. Thirteen million dollars for one hole, you know. Especially That's if you're insane. not playing in it, you know. It's it was it was pretty wild. Pretty good time though. Well, there, that brings up a question I want to ask you because this is heck. The, the FedEx Cup's been in. I don't know if it's been ten years yet, but it's been a good amount now. Um, do you think it's added like positively to the tour, or like do you do you like what it's added to the tour the way it finishes like that? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do. I, I think it gives people, you know, something to work for. Obviously, anytime you got ten million dollars as a prize, everybody's going to go and try to play for that. My biggest issue with the PGA Tour is, you know, we're going to stick it right here at the beginning of football season when everybody's kind of winding down their golf, and then you know, and people are starting to put the clubs away and not pay attention, and then you got football starting up, and then now you know you're going to try to compete with a football Sunday. And, you know, it just doesn't draw as big of, a, you know, attention as it could. But when could they do it? You know, I, I don't know if they did it in, you know, maybe May or something like that. It might be better. But then, of course, you've got that wraparound. You know, it's – I guess it, for what it is, it's about as good as they can possibly do it unless they – you know, I, I don't know. Obviously, the the, the heads at uh, at the PJ Tour have been around longer than I, so they, they make that call. But, um, you know, one way or the other, it's something cool to play for and – you know, see at the end of the year from a DFS perspective, 
I hate it. I hate yes. the Tour Championship, and I talked about it in that write-up last week. It's not fun to play because you have zero edge. You know, it's yeah, basically throw 30 guys in 150 lineups and see what happens. You know, it's just – there's no – "Quote unquote skill involved in that." <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. We both were DMing each other, saying, "Is it even worth playing this week?" Because it's just <laughs> such a it's such a crapshoot. It is, but you know, I mean, for instance, you know that that lineup I talked about. You know, don't I was I'm not going to play any cash games. I played in one cash game, and that was the toughest five dollar in golf, which is you know a little Twitter contest that we that I get in every now and again whenever I see the invite out there. I don't get invited to it all the time, but. Um, you know, my lineup was second in that, in that, in that toughest $5 in golf. That, that's just the picks from the write-up, you know, because I had Casey fourth and Hideki fifth, and then Adam Scott had finished, you know, fired a 65 on Sunday to come in eighth, and then uh, Duffner, who played well all week at eighth, Woodland tenth, and then Grillo tenth as well. So ended up being, you know, a pretty good lineup without having the winner there. Yeah, but that's outstanding. You know. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the meat and potatoes of this pod, and it's uh, if you're not a golf fan, you should tune into this because it'll make you a golf fan. It is one of the <laughs> it is one of the most fun things to watch on television. The Ryder Cup, USA versus Europe. Uh, any, it's, come on, how many people get involved in the World Cup for Christ's sake that don't even care about soccer? Uh, <laughs> this is so much more entertaining to me. Um, Europe has had a stranglehold on the U.S. for quite some time. It feels like, but uh, this might be a different year. Uh, it's at uh, Hazeltine Golf Course, or Hazeltine, I might be pronouncing it wrong, in Minnesota. Uh, let's start with that. Why don't you give us a little breakdown of what the course is and kind of what to expect of this amazing golf course uh, in Minnesota. I call it Hazel Hazeltine as well. I don't know what they call it up there in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> but one way or the other, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's it, the, the course itself was built like in the 1920s. It's been there for a long time, and it's recently been kind of revamped, but Overall, it's pretty long um, at 7,600 yards or a little bit, far, you know, more with the with your standard par four. I mean, your standard 70 par 72 with the four par fives, four, four par threes. Which par fives themselves are a little over 600 yards on average, and then the par threes are pretty long at a, a little over 200 yards on average. And from what I've been able to read and gather. Um, it's pretty tight. Uh, they've got bunkers placed in the fairways and, and pretty good locations, you know, where you have to hit it, where it kind of narrows down the fairway. Um, and then the greens are relatively small. And then they've also, I was reading up today that they changed the, uh, the layout a little bit to make it more spectator friendly. Um, so instead of uh, your standard 16 through 18, which I guess the members play typically, they switched that. They switched that around and somehow made seven, eight, and nine the finishing holes. So seven, eight, nine will be the new uh, 16, 17, and 18, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so what that did though was, uh, I, I guess the signature hole out there is, is right along the lake, and it kind of has a a little bit of an island green, and it's number 16 and. I guess people were kind of looking forward to that being in the mix. They're going down toward the end on Sunday. Um, and from what I've read, you know, some people weren't very happy about it. But overall, from a perspective of the of the actual tournament, I guess it was a better layout for them to get people in and out or whatever. Um, so one way or the other, you still have to play the same holes. It really doesn't matter. Um, but from what I've, I've seen, you know, it's a pretty tight golf course, and it's it, it looks immaculate from the, the pictures that I've seen, which I wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah, no, I was uh, – I was checking their website. They do a virtual tour, and uh, you can do hole by hole. 
and it was yeah. it was damn impressive. Damn yeah. impressive. I saw the same. I, I actually saw the same thing when I, I was on, I was looking at their website. Yeah, it's it's going to be you know amazing. That the golf course last week in Atlanta was absolutely immaculate. I mean, up there with uh, with Augusta, and I would imagine this is probably going to be right up there as well, assuming that the weather holds out, which I haven't really checked out a whole lot, but um, assuming that it does, I would say it's just going to be an absolute uh, beautiful golf course to watch on TV, especially. Okay. So you're saying it's a, a longer course, narrow course. Uh, so accuracy, I'm just assuming comes into play here. Um, what other key, key kind of game player you're looking for? Cause when uh, we'll get to the team, but one reason why I thought Bubba would have made it over more and would, Totally get into this later. I thought distance would be important off the tee, but uh, I'm obviously yeah. no, I'm obviously no professional like Davis Love. But uh, what kind of what kind of key shots are you looking for? Or kind of key play on this course? Uh, you know, like just like you said, accuracy. But at the same time, you know, um, at 7,600 yards, you're going to want guys who hit it far, far, which is why now I kind of see why they took JB pretty early on. I mean, he's not the most accurate, but he can, you know, hit it 320, 330. Um, and I'm interested to see really how deep the rough is. I haven't seen any chatter on it. Um, I think the first – today was the first day on people getting out there maybe uh, for, you know, for uh, practice rounds or whatever. Uh, but I didn't see anything on it. So I don't know 100%, um, you know, exactly how that's going to – because that's going to, you know, obviously if the rough is deep, you're going to want more accurate hitters if it's – not too awful bad, then, you know, the the guys who just busted out there, it's not really going to make a difference. But uh, one way or the other, um, you know, just your, your pretty much your typical, you know, stats. You know, greens and regulation I always look at pretty highly. And, uh, you know, I'll continue to look at those as well. But um, I think bunker play will be another key factor because there are a lot of bunkers out there. Yeah, you're talking about fairway bunkers. You better be able to put out of a bunker. The way these guys, they're going to find them. It's like – Probably not as difficult bunkers as, say, like a British Open, but uh, trying to think of the course. There was a, a U.S. course earlier this year that had just bunkers all over the fairway, and it was just nasty, nasty yeah. stuff. That, that again, right there, is your Tiger effect. You know, they, they, they've come in and started putting these bunkers in places because Tiger used to hit it up way past the normal bunkers, so they've had to move the bunkers out. And uh, you know, these guys are now pretty much all – long but uh yeah i mean it's you gotta you gotta be able to hit it out of bunker hit a good bunker shot and then obviously the, the greens are a little bit smaller so the guys who are the proximity you know is, is going to be key as well as far as guys who can hit it close yeah and of course putting you know you got to have good putters and the u.s has some of those surprisingly well this, this year on this team yeah. uh, and i'm not discounting euro but obviously i'm going for the u.s so that's gonna be a little bias on this podcast um, <laughs> we're team USA for sure, man. No doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's get into this. Is the part why I like this event so much is the format you don't get anywhere else. I guess the President's Cup's pretty similar, but no one yeah. really talks about the President's Cup. The Ryder Cup's like the the big deal, and it's an insane format. It's an awesome format, and I'll let you break it down because you probably have way more golf lingo to make sense with it. Um, <laughs> so let us know, like, how how's this whole thing play out? So basically your Ryder cup is two teams of 12 players. And um, so of those 12 players, not everybody is going to play every session every day. So the, the, the sessions are broken up morning um, and afternoon on Friday and Saturday. 
And in those morning afternoon sessions on Friday and Saturday, they'll, they'll either play foursomes or four ball. And so foursomes um, are where you're playing alternate shots. So for example, you know, say DJ and, uh, and JB are, are, are team together. What they'll do is they'll put, they'll say DJ, you tee off on number one and then, and then JB will hit the next shot and then JB will tee off on hole number two and, and so on and so forth. And it, it basically is just straight up alternate shot. And then four ball is when you have a team of four, two versus two. So, um, you know, two Americans, two Europeans, and then the lowest score uh, on the, uh, of that group wins, wins the hole. So, you know, if two, if three guys get a par and one guy makes a birdie, whoever makes the birdie, you know, gets a point for his, his team there. Um, and, and the way that that will be, is going to be up to Davis Love. He may say we'll play four ball on Friday and then foursomes on Saturday. He may do it vice versa, but that's, always been the uh, home team advantage, so to speak, um, as far as that goes. And uh, and then on, on the singles matches, which is the big deal, everybody plays in that no matter what. Um, that would be on Sunday, and uh, so they'll they'll pair up. But the, the big thing, I mean, one of the cool things about this type of event is the two team ta- captains always get together and say, hey, well, I'm going to put this guy with this guy. Who do we want to put him against? And so they'll make some pretty good matchups, and they always have and they always will because – um, you know, they're trying to make it fair, but of course, you know, outdo each other. And that's, that's part of it. That's why the coaching is always such a big deal in this. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is like some novices to this event might go, these are professional golfers. Why do they even have a coach? But this, <laughs> this is exactly what it's for because when they're making their captain picks of maybe they picked Ryan more over Bubba because they'll team him up with a guy that launches the ball like DJ. Now you got more that might be more precise with his irons to get it in. Right. Stuff like that. There's a lot of strategy involved besides just grip it and rip it and go show to 65. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. There's all kinds of strategy involved in this, and it's one of those things where you you know have to think about it. It's not just go out and play. You know, there's there's going to be a lot of strategy involved with Davis and uh, and Darren Clark, who's the captain yes. for the Euro. And we'll and we're going to get into it because you you even mentioned on some of these some guys you're kind of surprised they got left off, but those could be reasons why they just didn't fit the mold of the empty spots. Um, and it's a shame, like you said, it's during the NFL because that Sunday single match play is some of the most intense golf, especially if it if that scoreboard's tight. It's some of the oh, best yeah. golf you've ever seen. The captains are riding around on golf carts, constantly checking things. They're on walkie-talkies. It is. Uh, if you think these guys only care about making millions of dollars, they don't care at all when it comes to this weekend. It's 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 very very awesome to watch. And, That's the uh, truth. I might, I might actually be skipping the NFL this weekend. Uh, it's it's. Awesome. <laughs> I, I tell you it's what, awesome. man. I, I got a buddy who is a die-hard uh, Cincinnati Bengals fan, and he won't miss a game. But he's like, I don't I don't know if I'll even watch football on Sunday because I'm just going to watch the Ryder Cup and I'm. Like, yeah, I mean, if it's close, for sure, I'll, that's what I'll be tuned into. Um, and the other thing to consider here, too, like you were along the same lines, is, you know, dudes are going to hit shots that you don't normally see because it doesn't matter if they make a double. If they don't make a par and tie the hole, then it doesn't matter if they make a double or a bogey or worse. It doesn't matter. I mean, like, you're going to have – they're going to be going for broke, and they'll hit some amazing shots that uh, that you don't normally see in just a normal Yeah, there's – when it comes to match play and all this stuff, it's a totally different mindset. I just played in our club championship and my flight and it was match play brackets. And, uh, I was up on a guy like four holes with seven to go. And he got mad at me because I just kept my five iron out. He, he asked, <laughs> I'm all, I'm all, all I need to do is get there in three, the way you're playing. 
And <laughs> all I have to do, all I have to do, all I have to do is push. I'm, but like right. he's behind like saying some of these other guys that are sitting there going, well, being safe doesn't help me here. I'm going to try to bomb away and knock this thing on in two or something. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of that stuff. It's a totally different mindset. Or if uh, you see your opponent just shanks one, well, now they go. They might put that club back in the bag and go grab something else. Totally right. different from golf. Yep. It's awesome. It's- yep, for sure. Okay. Well, we got all that figured out. Uh, very good description of those because I was even – the way they, they describe foursome and four ball, like, you know, your local guys go to tournaments, it's best ball and this, that, that explains right. a lot. Better. Um, let's get to the teams. Let's start with the European team led by Darren Clark, the captain, Darren Clark. Uh, if you want to, before you get into the players, I don't know how in depth you want to go as much or as little doesn't matter to me. Um, can you give a brief description how the world rankings play into some of their getting on the team and getting not on the team type thing? Well, there's a so there's a point system, and the U.S. has its own point system, and the Euro has have their own point system because most of the European players are playing on the Euro Tour, so it's a little bit different. Um, but for us, basically, it's over two years, and it really doesn't even the world ranking doesn't really come into effect. It's just how many points you gather in certain events over the two year period. So it'll start once again once this Ryder Cup's over, the whole scoring system starts over. And so it kind of, you know, shows who's playing the best over a two-year period. Um, and, and you know, it, it, it it's good and bad, obviously. You know, you, you've got – for us, I don't think any, anybody made it that really shouldn't have. Um, but, you know, you can always get a guy who played real well in the first year and then doesn't do much. You know, you know it's one of those systems. Of course, there's flaws, but you can't totally get them out. You know, going back to it, one thing I did mention about the Ryder Cup format was the point system. So there's 28 total points over a three-day period, one point for every match. Halves can happen. If you tie a match, you don't go on to extra holes. You just get a half point. First team to 14 and a half point wins, but there can be a 14 to 14 tie. Um, and if that happened, then the Europeans would, would keep the cup. So the U.S. have to win outright is what you're saying. We have to win 14. We have to get 14 and a half. They only have to get 14. Gotcha, gotcha. That's that's another key factor there when they're playing their shots. There's a lot to go with that. And it's, it is interesting that they don't have uh, extra holes. They just call it good at 18. Also yep. very interesting. All right, so let's get into team the European team. Like I said, captains Darren Clark, uh, Cabrera Bello, Fitzpatrick, Sergio, Rory, Justin Rose, Stenson, Andy Sullivan, Danny Willett, Chris Wood. Uh, Clark's picks were Keimer, Peters, and Westwood. Um, what do you like and dislike and are surprised about this team? Um, I, you know, for somebody who's just recently kind of following the Euro Tour, you know, I, I was I would always pay attention to it a little bit whenever you know it was on Golf Channel or something like that. But uh, until it came around to where uh, it was on actually DFS and I could make money on it, um, is when I really started to super pay attention to it. So. I'm not 100%, you know, this guy should be there, this guy shouldn't be there uh, type of deal. Basically, with the captain's picks, I'm, I'm cool with, with Keimer. I don't I don't blame him a bit for picking Keimer. Keimer's playing really, really well here recently. Has he, Over the last about six, eight months, he's played a whole lot better than he did about the previous year. Peter's young guy bombs it out there. Just, uh, just can, can rip it. I mean, three, you know, 320, 330 down the middle a lot. His last tournament, he didn't play very well last week, but that's, you know, no, neither here nor there. And then Westwood, the reason he's on the team is because of his Ryder Cup record. Um, you know, if if you look at his Ryder Cup record, 
He had, is 17, 9, and 6 all time in the Ryder Cup, um, which is pretty good. Um, singles match is not so great, but all, all time, you know, 17, 9, and 6 is a pretty good record. That's why he's on there. The only guy that I would have considered, and I'm sure Darren Clark considered him, is Russell Knox. Um, you know, Russell's been playing a lot in the U.S., and I don't know if that's why Darren didn't like him or whatever, but uh, he's kind of the only snub. I mean, he's he's way above all three of those guys in world ranking. He's ranked 19th, and these guys are in the 40s that I just named. So, you know, that's the only guy that I would consider. And it's it was even floated. I, I heard earlier floated on, you know, Twitter. Of course, everybody talks whatever they want to on Twitter, but um, about us getting Knox because he does live in the U.S. And, you know. I think that would have been hilarious, but of course, I don't know if that's even possible. So, that would have been something else. <laughs> I think that would have been. I think that would have been hilarious, but that's. Uh, but anyway, I don't know if that's even like I said, if that's even possible. Because technically, you know, he's not. He's not a. I don't know if he's a U.S. citizen. Who knows? Whatever he is, but one way or the other, or, or uh, you know, so their, their overall average world rank is twenty-seven, um, and then they've also got a team of you know vice co-captains and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I think they got a really good team. You know, I, they have the, they have the, they've won the last three. Um, and so they have the mental game over us, you know, they've won six of the last seven. Um, you know, they're, they are the match play Kings at this point. I mean, it's, you can't really, can't really deny that. They just have killed us the last three years. So, you know, it's a new year, though. We'll see. Yeah, let's hope so. And hopefully it's this team, Team USA, led uh, <laughs> by, Captain, by Captain Davis Love. You got DJ, Zach Johnson, Kopka, Phil Mickelson, who's – yeah, he's an interesting guy, but he's got that experience, I guess. Patrick Reed, Snedeker, Spieth, Jimmy Walker, and the captain's picks of Ricky Fowler, J.B. Holmes, Matt Kuchar. And then late last night, if you weren't watching Sunday Night Football – Ryan Moore was named to the team. Um, that one came out of nowhere. I, I just all of a sudden I get an update. Ryan Moore is on the Wagner Cup team. Um, <laughs> so, do you, what do you think of this team that's going to hopefully derail this European force? Well, about that Ryan Moore pick, uh, if you're watching Sunday Night Football, they had this like big buildup, like we're going to announce it on Sunday Night Football, and then like Mike Tricko was like, "Oh, and Ryan Moore's on the team. We'll see you later. We'll be back right back for the second half." And so, <laughs> What is happening here? Like somebody had leaked it out on Twitter. It was on Twitter way before, like five or ten minutes before. So I don't know if that's why they just didn't make a big deal of it. Of course, they were talking about Arnie too. One way or the other, you know, he's the last pick. You know, you had mentioned Bubba earlier. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but Bubba was named a uh, a co-captain today. So he's going to oh, be like involved. It. Yeah, he's going to be involved. They have his own. He's going to have his own golf cart and be running around and, and that type of thing. So he's going to be there. Um, you know, he's the number seven plank, ranked player in the world, and it, it's difficult to say he shouldn't be there, but at the same time, like, his recent form is not good. He's not been playing well, and so I don't blame him. The only thing I really see, you know, for him being there and playing is, you know, if you put him on the team with, you know, say, JB, who hits it all over the place, you know, he's the type of guy who can get it back out to a good spot for alternate shot, but you know, that itself shouldn't be a reason, I guess, to just straight up pick him. You know, for me, the the team itself, um, we on paper, 
should smash the Euros. Um, you know, our average world rank is 16. Like I said earlier, they're at a 27. Um, we have the second, the eighth, the fourth uh, ranked players in the world, including in the ninth. Um, you know, so it's one of those things on paper we should smash. Um, whether or not we will, you know, that's a different story. I think some of these captain picks are kind of weird. I, I don't mind the Ryan Moore pick. I kind of see that. I totally see, you know, he's, he's playing well. He won the John Deere uh, a little over a month ago. Month ago, Of course, came in second to Rory this past weekend. Uh, so his form is there. you got Kuchar, uh, who, you know, played well down in Rio, won a bronze medal uh, fourth a couple weekends ago at the, at the BMW. Um, he's got the old man swag as well, so you never know. Uh, you know when he can when he can calm somebody down or you know whatever old dads do there. Um, JB and Ricky are the, the two to me that like I look at it. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I'm not a Ricky fan. Like I know everybody loves Ricky. You know everybody wants to watch Ricky, and, and I'm just not there. It's just not me. I'm not I'm not that type of guy. I don't mind him, but his form is just not good. Pretty much for the last six months um he's burning up last year he's been struggling mightily it was just he's such a great guy for the game he's one of the young guns like you said his form it's uh he was on fire say like in phoenix and stuff early in the year and then something i don't know what went wrong it just went downhill in a hurry and he has just been all over the place ever since dude they took that sb and i don't want to go back to this but that spring break trip that they they all took together him <laughs> and Smiley and Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas has come out of it. Spieth has finally come out of it. Whatever they did down there affect their brains to a point, I think, where they it's difficult for them to play golf. Of course, that's that's a complete joke, but, I mean, you know, I don't know what's wrong with Ricky. He burned it up last year, especially in majors, top five in every major, and then this year just didn't even make the tour championship. Got cut last week, you know, but he's here he is. Um Maybe he'll figure something out. I mean, I hope he does. JB, you know, he can he can he can hit it. He's been playing better. He did miss two cuts in August, but I hope he can find some fairways because that's what we're going to need is some fairways and greens. And you know, he can he can definitely boom it out there. So you know that that's it. That's a good advantage to have on this golf course. Obviously, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, definitely, and that's where a guy like you said, where more or where Bubba could have helped Holmes. I think uh, Phil is a great scam, uh, scrambler as well. Phil could be a perfect combo for something like that. But uh, that's what Davis loves uh, there to do is figure all that out. Yeah, you know, Phil with Phil, it's funny. Like, I was – when I was looking earlier, I was like, oh, you, you know, it's Ryder Cup. You think Phil Mickelson, you got to bet Phil. Man, his team, his overall record's 11 and 14 and 6. So he doesn't have that. But he's played the most matches or second most matches, one or two, of, of anybody in the – Ryder Cup history, but he's also lost the most. So, I don't know. I, I hope that they can really come together as a team and, like, encourage each other and do all the things that a normal, quote-unquote, team would do um, and, and and really bring this home because it's one that we need. I mean, yeah, it would be almost devastating. Yeah, this, the, like I said earlier, they got a stranglehold on it, three in a row, six of seven. Uh, we need a little bit of a streak here. This is bad. This is turning into like Cubs World Series territory. <laughs> we do have Tiger this year, though, too. They, they formed this task force with Tiger on it. And so one thing that I'm hoping Tiger will bring to the table is some better uniforms. Because our, our uniforms are usually pretty bad. Garbage. Yeah. 
don't know if you remember. Yeah, he wore like the the purple, like the purplest brown shirt that has like had like all the pictures on it. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> it looked like some, some grandpa would wear it at Christmas. Yes, exactly. It was horrible. I look at that uh, picture right now of it, man. It's it's not fun to look if, at. If, if anybody's seen Tiger, he was, he was getting interviewed this afternoon, and he looks like Mike Tomlin now. He's got a full on like groomed beard and. Uh, Does it? Definitely has a different look going about him. I'll say that much. Definitely <laughs> oh, different look. Well, they need to change some stuff up. Bring, I hope he gets he's, bring, he's bringing some Tiger swag to the course, which is probably exactly what they need, like you're saying. You know, if anybody can get him fired up, you think it's Tiger Woods, you know? You would think so. If we start seeing fist pumps on the green, that's going to be a good thing. <laughs> right. Okay, well, we broke down the teams. We got the, the course, the format. Well, this is an, an edition of these sports DJs. So let's talk betting angles. Um, you you know these golfers more than the most. So um, what are you looking at if there is anything worth even betting on? Well, the, you know, there's going to be there's the, you'll be able to assume you can do so legally, of course. Uh, bet each individual match, and those probably won't come out till maybe Thursday night-ish, maybe afternoon, as far as what's going to be happening for the morning on Friday. And they'll, they'll kind of be coming out, and then you'll have to just be on top of it if you want to try to get in on those, on those matches. Of course, the singles on Sunday will be set probably Saturday evening, I would say. So those, those lines should be up and then you'll be able to, to go down on those if you want to and, and get a good sweat going on for Sunday. That will be the very best, I think, to do, uh, in my opinion. But right now, I mean, I just was looking at some lines earlier. Um, one line I saw was the U.S. was a 185, was, was minus 185, so they the favorite, and Euro was plus 145. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really like either one of those because obviously I'm not going to bet the Euros because I'm not going to root for them, and that's pretty – that's pretty juicy for the for the U.S. Um, so I'll probably just hang around and see if I can you know hit some lines up. But you know I think probably and it might be a good thing DJ's collapse on on this past Sunday might uh, might drive some of those lines down where he's not as big of a favorite on his team. And that's what I will probably look at hammering because you know everybody has a bad round every now and again. If you play golf, you know that, um, and you know he can turn it on just as quick as anybody else can, but. Uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun, man. It's going to be so fun to watch. The, the other thing, you know, if, if you're, if you like, um, and I, and I like, uh, to look at patterns, you know, we've lost three in a row. We, we won. And then we had lost three in a row previous to that. And we had won. So if history repeats itself, we should, we should win this. So that 185 should be a lock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is what it is. You know, I, I uh, last year for the um, for the President's Cup, there was a there was a site out there, and I was trying to figure it out today. And I couldn't figure it out. That had there was a DFS site that had match play on it, um, and so we had we had played that quite a bit. And I know Pat Mayo was was in on that, but I don't know if that site shut down or what. I couldn't find it today. Um, yeah, I, saw, I saw you tweet that out, but I didn't see if anybody answered you on that one. No, nobody ever said anything, so I'm guessing nobody knows or mail probably ain't answering it back tomorrow or something like that. But um, if there is, I'll probably play that, I'll, and I'll tweet some stuff out about that, maybe even have a write-up about it if if, if I figure it out in time. Um, but I, I did play that for the President's Cup and, and also for one of the match plays 
a couple years ago. I think it was the last, the last season. Um, and, and why DraftKings can't change their scoring, I'll never figure out. But that was their excuse why they weren't going to do match plays because they, they don't have the scoring system. That's just lazy. I was thinking about this today. If you had a millionaire maker for this, you don't think you'd feel? Oh, oh man. Like People are jonesing for this stuff. Like right. Why you wouldn't do that blows my mind. They got and they got DraftKings Euro now, so you so you don't think that you could get enough play and make enough money off of that? Like I don't know, I, yeah, I would think that by now they would have figured it out, but I guess they're not going to. That's pretty silly. Um, one thing I forgot to mention when you're talking about the two teams, uh, it was something I heard on some show I was listening to today. Uh, everyone's saying this, like you said, U.S. has built a smash on paper; they should roll. Uh, on paper, talent wise, they're far more superior. And for once, the Euro team's super young and not as experienced as normal. Right. Uh, do, you, do you agree with all those takes, or are you just thinking yeah. U.S. has to prove it first? You know, I, I agree. I mean, what you're, the, the best asset that the European team has is their history at this point. I mean, because they have a lot of guys who um, are either new or uh, – are very inexperienced Ryder Cup. They have one, two, they have five rookies. So Willett, Bello, Wood, Sullivan, and Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick's like, uh, he's still like a baby. I don't think he can grow a beard yet. He's like 20 years old. He's super young. The rest of them, um, they have pretty good records. But, you know, for instance, Keimer's only played in one. And McElroy, of course, you know, he's McElroy. Um, but, I mean, you know, Overall, we we've got the more experience technically, and because um, we've got only two rookies, so I mean overall, dude, everything is is we're playing as a Hazeltine. You know, we're in the U.S. I'll tell you what, if they don't win this year, I will be very very surprised. Okay, well that leads us to to the big part. What is your predictions? What do you what are you seeing happening on this one? So I, I like the U.S. to win. I think it'll be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 16 to 12. It's not going to be a blowout, I don't think. Um, you know, last time we went in was 2012 with a lead, and I think that was the last time. I don't think we had it at all in 2014. And we were up 10 to 6 heading into singles matches on U.S. soil. Came back, the, the Euros came back and beat us uh, 14 and a half to 13 and a half, which is just a complete epic collapse. Um, so I, I don't see that happening this year. We have guys who have been there. You know, we got the more experienced guys. Um, I, so I like the U.S. to win around around 16 to 12, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I don't like Ricky. I would not bet him at all this week. Um, I don't think he'll win a match. Uh, but same time, I don't think, I don't think Dustin Johnson is going to lose a match. I really like his game going into this. I think he's got the mind frame now for – super uh, uber-competitive golf, um, and I think they'll match him up with Rory on Sunday. That'll be the last group going out, and so could be the deciding point, um, but I think he'll be – I think he comes out and beats Rory. I hope they match them up. That would be just outstanding <laughs> outstanding television right there, uh, especially, <laughs> especially if they both bring their smoke show better halves to follow along. Yeah. <laughs> But you said it best, like with DJ, is for years, if people have been watching golf and paying attention, he was one of the biggest mental midgets on the planet. Like one little, one or two bad things and he'd blow up. He finally came over that speed bump. He won a major this year. And every time it looks like he has a bad round in the, the past, would just 
everything can be done. He comes back and shoots like a seven under the next day or something. Yeah. Like yeah. he is totally prepared to, to compete in an event like this. Finally. He figured out how to putt. That's his, that was always his Achilles heel was, yeah. was putting. And he, he's finally figured that out. And that's, you know, that's one of the, the most underrated game you know, aspects of the game. If you play golf, you don't think about it, but that's really the most mental hard part of the game. And he finally got over that. Whatever, whatever that hurdle was, there was something there and he figured it out. And uh, he's been on a tear ever since. Yep. Uh, he's awesome right now. Um, all right. Well, that kind of wraps up our Ryder Cup preview, which was awesome. You hit all kinds of stuff on that. That was outstanding. Should be a lot of help. Um, Real quick, uh, one a few more things before we get going. Um, like I say, when you joined the site about five, six months ago, whatever it was, uh, you've been our, our DFS guy. And it was PGA. You started doing Euro now. Um, you want to talk a little on how your PGA season went? Because uh, it was really productive with the write-ups. I know you do a bunch of other lines besides just the write-up stuff. So how how's PGA going? What's your kind of strategy and whatnot with that? Yeah, for me, um, you know, it was it was overall a good year. You know, this is my this would be at the end of this year would be my second full year of playing PGA DFS, uh, pretty much every single week. Um, and finally, you know, I've, I've always I don't know, I still am. I still always the bridesmaids in these big GPPs. Hit a hit hit got second at the Masters in the three hundred dollar one this year. So took home thirty k on it, and that was the biggest score of the year, and pretty much just coasted in the rest of the way. You know, I've I've always I've always got the right picks and just never put them in the right lineups. That's always my my biggest issue, no matter what sport I'm playing. It seems like, but overall, man, I really, really, really dug doing uh, the write up because it helped me a lot. Um, but seventy three percent overall made the cut, and I had I had the winner almost fifty percent of the time on the write up. I mean. <laughs> I mean, whether obviously, if you're, a lot of times you're picking the, the top guys, but you know, one way or the other, you still got to pick them. You still got to play them. So, and like we talked about earlier, it's yeah. so tough this year. You just about have to have the winner to even have a chance to cash. And what and what people need to realize is if they go, if they want to be smart asses and go, oh, you picked the favorite, blah blah blah. Yes, but you still got to match it with like a couple six thousand dollar guys and stuff. And that's right. where I re- and that's where I really really love using these write-ups because um i watch a lot of golf but i don't know half the names you know most of these fields are 140 or more guys it seems like or maybe not 70 make the cut so you know you pretty much know every guy in there so when he puts on his list of his low value guys or whatever nickname he gave it that week which is hilarious and i love the fact that you do (laughs) when you email me that stuff over i start laughing like what's he gonna come up with this time it's it's good stuff (laughs) um, appreciate it I like, and, to keep, uh, I like to keep it light and stuff like that, like, you know, because you, you can read and read and read, but I'm just talking about giving people quick hits. I'm not, try, I'm not trying to give you a, a you know, a, a whole description of the guy's game. Like, you know, I could go into full detail on it, but you don't want to take an hour to read a deal. Like, this is this is my dude, and here's here's kind of why, you know? Yeah, it's perfect, and, and that's my biggest thing is, like, you know, we could all probably say, oh, yeah, let's play Jason Day this week. Sure. And we need to know that that's one because when there's, like, Spieth, Day, DJ, and Rory, well, you're helping us at least kind of knock a couple of those off the list. Right, right. And then and then what it does is, like I said, then it gives you those seven to $8,000 guys and those five to $6,000 guys that most average Joe does not know who the heck those guys are. 
But yeah. like when you read your little blurbs, it's like he's made the cut five out of six times or his last three events when he's played at this course, he's done this. Things that are actually really big deals to a golfer that people don't know about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, course history and recent form, in my opinion, are the two most important things. I mean, the other thing, though, too, is, like you said, watching golf. Like, if you watch it and play it, A, you realize how difficult it is, but B, you can kind of pick up on who's playing well, you know. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, with any sport, if you watch it, you'll learn it and you'll know it better, you know. But, um, you know, for me, that's what my biggest emphasis typically is on is, is looking at recent form and course history, um, you know, and matching those two things together, you know, so hitting 40, it was 44% of the time I hit the, uh, I hit the winner, of course, didn't count, you know, on that 73% of cuts made didn't count any of the ones that didn't have a cut. Um, so I think that's, that's pretty decent as well. You know, no, you, overall, everything's been real solid. It's, it's helping people. We get people commenting on it all the time. So really good stuff. Um, like I said, you started doing, the Euro DFS, and that's as goofy as it sounds, and I'm not going to get into all the click stuff, but the last two Euro pieces seem to get almost two to three times the traffic of the PGA. I think, right. a lot of it, I think a lot of it's because, like you said earlier, there's not a lot on there right now. No, and, there's nothing. And your info is really good, and it, it like it's the numbers, the percentage that makes the cuts and this, that, are almost identical to your PGA stuff. Um, so people are liking it. Um, are you – are you watching it live or are you just kind of catching the highlights? What are you doing to help you uh, kind of build your quote unquote model for that? Dude, it's so, it's so tilting to watch that. Um, it, Cause you can't like, unless uh, golf channel has like a golf live extra live stream of it. You can't really catch it live and it's so annoying. And their, their leaderboard is so slow and it's just, Oh God, it's the worst. I was up on Saturday morning um, which of course is Saturday evening in Europe and like just trying to like sweat out these guys making the cut. I had, I had four out of four, I had four through and I had two guys on the course who just basically needed to make a birdie to get inside the cut line. And it just took like forever for them to finally finish one hole, like 30 minutes. And so they finally go, Oh yeah. Okay, great. I got it. So I went out and played golf and I thought that they were going to finish it. I thought they were going to continue on the third round that night, but last week they had like, fog delays every five seconds apparently that was like 13 hours worth of fog delays so they canceled the fourth round so i got six out of six through on this lineup and i was like sitting in 10th and um so i woke up the next day and i was sitting in in fourth this is a 27 dollar event and somehow got passed by uh two lineups that had four out of six and finished sixth Wow. And, and and then they didn't play the the, the fourth round and lost like lost like two hundred dollars because I by like a point because they didn't play that fourth round. Okay, that, that, oh, that man, helps. I, was I was wondering what happened. I woke up on uh, Sunday and it showed the tournament was over and all my guys had the same scores and I'm sitting there going, "What the hell?" Because I had <laughs> I think I had five out of six and I didn't cash any of them. They're all like on the pay line and it's yeah. the same thing. I know at worst my fifty would have cashed. It was so yeah. annoying. I was, yeah, I was. There was, there was two lineups in the top six that had six out of six. I was one, and the guy who won it was one. In between us, there was like two fours and maybe, I guess, like two or three fives out of six. Oh, dude, it was. Uh, once I found out they were canceling that, I was just like, wow. 
Yeah, that's a rough one. Okay, that makes more sense now. Did not know. It probably cost me about seven fifty, I would say, overall. Because I think I would have finished second in that. Well, if you had Which six out of six, I yeah. imagine you're better. Yeah. All right. Well, that takes us to kind of the wrapping up here. Like we said, the Ryder Cups this weekend. Euro comes back next weekend. PGA in two weeks at the Safeway in Napa, California, to start the new season. What are you looking forward to in the upcoming season besides, obviously, the return of one Eldrick Woods? Um, we have like a bunch of young guns. I know you're talking about some web.com guys. They just had their uh, qualifying beef. Johnson got his tour card, which is just great for golf, in my opinion. A guy with, with that name. And oh, yeah. That's, it's going to be fun to watch beef all year. He's exciting as hell to watch. Like If you, if you just want to watch a guy that loves playing golf, beef yeah, Johnson. He's just, he's just a happy guy. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to coming up here? Uh, well, my, my number one thing is going to is gonna be concentrating here in the short term, the next couple of weeks, on European um, and trying to figure that out, you know, kind of going back to what we what you had mentioned before. You know, a lot of people that I listen to and I, I look at are the Euro handicappers. And if you can find some on Twitter, they are great follows because most of them have free content and nobody else has any European content, like we said. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep – trying to hammer that and, and figure out some stuff on that. And then like you were just talking about all the web.com guys uh, who qualified for the PGA are going to be coming in. They're going to be starting to play here in October. Um, and so there's going to be some guys that most people don't know. Um, but the good thing is, is I'm going to have the statistics and everything for all that. So we're going to be able to see who's playing well, who has been playing well and that type of thing and be able to take some shots in that last year. Um, you know, Grillo won, uh, I think during this, during this part of the season and, and Smiley Kaufman won. And, uh, you know, if you hammered those guys, you want a lot of money because they were very, very low owned. The, the sharpness goes down here during this time of year because everybody is playing NFL and everybody's concentrated on the NFL 24 seven. Um, even though it's pretty much one day a week. Um, and so if, if we continue to look at and, uh, you know, play the Euro and play PGA Tour, this can be a great time to make a lot of money. Um, and, uh, and and that's what that's what I'm, I'm pretty much looking forward to this this uh, this fall. Everybody's, you know, all hyped up on football. And I play that, but, you know, at this time, this is the time for the NFL to come – or for the PGA Tour to to start again and, and us to, to hammer it a little bit. So I'll talk a little bit more about that in upcoming write-ups and stuff like that too. Yeah, and um... – He's uh, Jesse's dead on. I remember I, I kind of sprinkled in DFS golf last year, and I started hitting it hard when the season started again in October. And during mm-hmm. football season, I'm not saying it's easy money, but it's pretty damn close to easy money compared compared to the just like compared to the June months and stuff like that. There's a yeah. lot of dead money out there that you can just swallow up, especially in fifty fifties. Fifty fifties are almost. Like, I never want to say anything's automatic, but, man, it's pretty darn close in that stuff. Um, no, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time because, like, you know, everybody just loves the NFL, and but then everybody's got their money on DraftKings, so they see, you know, they DraftKings sends that little push notification, and, oh, you should put a PGA tour. Like, oh, okay, I'll just throw that in there, put all these names that I know, not really pay attention, you know. And like you said, Desmond. Especially with a lot of these early tournaments, they have a bunch of the young guys that no one knows about. Yeah, nobody. They've got they've got some really good tournaments coming up here for uh, on DraftKings for the Euro in two weeks. So that's going to be 
fun to see. I've, I've, they've already got one out there that's 50,000 the first, which is pretty big for European tour. That's maybe they're starting to catch on. So. They should. Cause it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's weird because once I started looking at your write-ups and digging into the rosters, there are a lot of guys I know in it because they play in all the big events in the PGA. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Timer was having a hell of a weekend last weekend. Uh, there's a bunch of guys, like you said, Knox is out there. A lot of these guys, you know who they are. Yeah. Um, you just don't think of it when you're thinking golf, you think PGA because we're, you know, biased to where we are. But right. uh, but it's very interesting that way. But, um, yeah, uh, that was awesome. That was a lot of great golf information, uh, Ryder Cup, season-long, DFS, um, is there anything else you want to hit on before we wrap this up? The only thing I, you know, that I wanted to mention is uh, I read something today about maybe potentially the PGA doing doing something along the lines of NFL Red Zone. Um, I don't know. Do you watch PGA Tour Live? Do you get that? No, I don't watch it too often. No, it's uh, it's four ninety nine a month or five ninety nine a month. But th- this was apparently lets you go to any type of green, and, and whether or not this comes this year, I don't know. But if they did that, I would. Uh, Absolutely pay. I mean, I tweet them all the time. I'll pay you $20 a month to be able to watch just whatever golfer I want to, you know, And but I hope they do it. So I, I hope that they're coming around PGA Tour is because they've gained a lot of attention and followers just from DraftKings. They have. And I've seen you guys tweet about that a lot. And I think the main reason I don't pay for it is Thursdays and Fridays when they're playing, I'm working. So I'm not even able to like sit. Like I work out on my truck and drive around ranches and stuff. So I can't really watch it. Yeah. But, um, it's not a good investment then. No, but I, I totally get it because with all the technology they have, it should be so simple instead of just one, like one target group to watch. There should be so many options that if I want to watch beef Johnson, I don't want, I want to watch beef Johnson. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't have to see him walking down a fairway because I know they probably can't afford to have a camera crew with everybody. I get it, but you can right. put a camera on a tripod on every hole, every green and every tee box or whatever. It's not that difficult. Really isn't. No, that's pretty much all you need is about three. You got one on the tee box, you got one on the fairway, and then you got one on the green for par four, par five, and then of course you're just about two on a par three. But the costs involved there are pretty, you know, are pretty steep. I would imagine because then. But I've also said too, you know, no commentators. I'd rather not hear some of these guys talk. Mm-hmm. No offense to the guys, but it's not why I'm watching. Like you know, for me, I know the game. I don't need you to explain. Some of the stuff, obviously, that they'd say is well worth it. But so don't get me wrong; I'm not hating on commentators by any means. But I wouldn't need that. What I'm saying is, I, I don't need to have that. You know, if it's just quiet, play some masters music. You know, whatever. I don't care. You know, <laughs> doesn't matter. Something. But I, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. When I saw it today, so I did want to mention that. I think that would be top notch if PJ did that. And maybe that's where it is, is they start charging 20 bucks a month to afford the extra expenses. But I guarantee you, if they gave that coverage, like you said, people would pay for it. Oh, for they sure. Give it because like on the on the majors on DirecTV, when they do all that special stuff, I watch that when they have like four channels of all this stuff. That's right. amazing. Yeah. That's how it's like the Masters where it's just Amen Corner for the entire day. That's, it's awesome. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I pay $5 a month for, for Red Zone. I mean, I would easily – I would pay $20, $30 a month to get PGA Tour birdies, yep. whatever yeah. you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be outstanding. Well, man, I appreciate it. It was great getting to talk to you, great getting to hear your knowledge instead of just seeing the write-ups, kind of matching a voice with the write-ups. It was awesome. Again, again, thank you for everything you've done on the site. I can't wait to see what else you have up your sleeve. Um Folks, check him out. 
This is Jesse. He's at DFS Golf Gods. Uh, check him out. You can check me out at BD Intric. Follow us at the Sports DGens and thesportsdgens.com. And again, thanks for joining us, man. And this was Bench with Bubba, episode seven. We will catch you guys later.